Welcome back, Red Spotters, to another After Dark series. I'm Alexis, and this is Peter. Phone. And yeah, he's while on his talking. phone. Yeah, you know what? Let's <laughs> let us all be on our phones while we're talking, right? I'll even be on my phone while I'm doing this intro. We just got out of uh, a movie called um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yes. And it was directed. Once Upon a Time. Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Small time director. Small time director. This is only his ninth movie, you can believe that. He's uh, known for uh, the films Inglorious Bastards, Django and Chain, and Pulp Fiction, among many others. Reservoir Dogs, uh, some people's favorite movies of all time. Um, and this film starred Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. It's really a who's who of uh, Hollywood A-listers in Once Upon a Time yes. in Hollywood. And this film is about things. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Good. I was. I was kind of. Where are you? <laughs> I, I was. I was kind of like. What do I? Say? Literally a few seconds ago, I was thinking, mm-hmm. "What the fuck are you going to say about what this was about?" I don't know. I spent the entire time trying to figure out what this movie was about. Maybe not. An, I don't mean that as a maybe mm-hmm. a negative right now. Although I will say. Uh, we will get into spoilers later on. Yeah. Um, but for my money, I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I, th- I will say that, real quick. Yeah. I don't think Quentin Tarantino has ever made a film about anything. That's a good point. Like, ever. That's a good point. All his films, if, if there's any one takeaway you could take away from any of his films, revenge. But, like, that's it. Like his, for the most part, his films aren't about murder. Any murder, they're really not about anything. Like yeah. overtly, I feel. Yeah. Um. I just get that out of the way. Yeah, and you, you know go. what? Thank you for reminding me about that because now you. And also, one of the things that I picked up on that um I was reminded of, I think halfway through the film. Mm-hmm. This is very much a Tarantino film in terms of definitely how it's paced, and I don't mean that in a bad way because I love. Especially when, you know, Tarantino, like, lets things sit and goes through certain things here and there. Um, so. I'd say this is a very different Tarantino well, film. Until the third act. He kept it bottled in for so long. And then he well, just. don't give it away. Don't give it, okay. don't give it away. Because of what I'm, it's a very Tarantino film in terms of, I think, the production value. How it's shot. The cinematography. Mm-hmm. The dialogue. And definitely in terms of the pacing. However, where I did wonder halfway through the movie is there were a lot of uh, things about this movie that um, if you were just watching the first two acts especially, you wouldn't, I think, tell that it was strictly Tarantino because he has he brings a certain flair, mm-hmm. shall we say. He brings a certain um, style in terms of you know, the actions that characters do yeah. that is very clearly absent from this. It, I, I think it, it might be his slowest film. There are so many shots of people just walking to a car, getting no, in a no, car, no, 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 no. You're getting in a, and driving, driving and, and then a song blaring over it while they're driving up and down the road. Like, I will. I want to say, though, mm-hmm. it did kind of drive me nuts a little bit. 
I think a large part of Quintino, Tarant- Quentin Tarantino making this film is he just wanted to like be in Hollywood 1969. Yeah. So. It's like a fantasy for him, so he literally just recreated it. Right, right. But I mean, the experience. Don't, don't of get me wrong. There were there. beautiful shots, beautiful mm-hmm. shots. But I, 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 I did think to myself, uh, like I think a three quarters into the movie, mm-hmm. how many more shots do we need of somebody getting in a car and driving away with a song blaring over it? Let me put it this way, and this isn't a spoiler, really at all. Mm-hmm. There's an entire scene where someone drives right. to a place, walks to a store, talks to yeah. someone, walks across the street, talks to the people at this movie theater, goes inside, watches the movie, comes back outside, and goes home. Yeah, And you see, like, a lot of it. Obviously right. not the whole film. Um... <laughs> I want to be say to be fair, most of his films are slow, especially the later ones. I felt like Hateful Eight and Django and Jane. I think had slow, but not, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that they're, that they're like slow in a negative connotation. No, but here's the difference. Usually, in his other films that are slow, they're slow, but, but there's, they, they there's a dynamic build going up on to something, right? Right. Or there's like a really interesting dialogue conversation go, going on. This, this one, is the first yeah. film. Where it's just slow. It's like there's a series of, of uh, situations and actions that happen kind of like what you just pointed out mm-hmm. and keep happening and keep happening. And it's it's like holding on to you and, and you're wondering, mm-hmm. where is this going? What is happening? No. Like, what, what is the point? Right. And there is, I think at the very end, you see where it's going, maybe. We'll, dis- um, we'll discuss it, but... It, it led to something, shall we say? It, it led to a climax in in the movie. Oh, I want to talk about it. <laughs> I know we, we we will, and um, we'll get very to- quickly. Although <laughs> I don't even think we need to say this. Like you said, it's shot beautifully. All the performances are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, like all of this, but like it's most of the film, and I didn't think they're gonna do this. Is literally just like one day. Yeah, and it, yeah. It feels like it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did feel it's like uh-huh. I'll say that. And overall, you 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 kind of get the point, but there's so much things that happen that are just kind of like. Well, what was it, the word? Mundane? I feel, mundane. Yeah, and I think uh, maybe that's probably the point. Exactly. So, like, out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. just like. Nor- and as much as I'm saying this, I was entertained throughout the entire film. I agree with you. Like, they could come across it neg- as negatives, and in yeah. a lot of movies they would, mm-hmm. but not in this case. I feel. I mean, I was entertained throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. I wasn't at any point bored. I was wondering, okay, Quentin, where are you going with this? Um, still yeah, wondering. At that first, a I was bit. like, okay, yeah. this is different from him yeah remember when we were yeah. talking about um what was it? bad times at the Royale. At the Royale, yeah. where like this is this is like a more mature quentin tarantino because we compare that directly to the hateful eight i think right? yeah. yeah and and then for the vast majority of this film it was kind of like that yeah yeah i got but that. with bad times at the Royale, it's like okay there's a mystery. Yeah. There's this, there's that, there's something to keep you. And with this, it's just the characters. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the characters. Um, which isn't a bad thing. Cause I did like the characters. I did love the friendship between the two main characters. In as, uh, 
in a least spoilery way, mm -hmm. can you try to give people a sense of um, the dynamic between Brad Pitt mm -hmm. and Leo and the other characters that we have here um, to kind of come close to giving a kind of a plot about this movie? Um, this movie is about Rick fucking Dalton, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, played by um, Leo. DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio and his uh, stuntman, uh, Brad Pitt. Cliff, I think his name. Cliff, yeah. yes, Cliff. And it's basically like Rick Dalton's reaching that point in his career where he's feeling like kind of like a has been. Mm -hmm. He used to do movies. Now he's doing TV. TV in the sixties, and that in by the, the 60s, way, that's that's the that graveyard was a death shit. Kill. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know he's he's struggling with that, and Cliff, I don't, Cliff is Cliff. Like <laughs> he's doing his own thing. He's, he's doing happy. his own thing. Yeah. Um, he's pretty chill. Uh, remarkably remarkably <laughs> and there's some fucked up hippies involved and then yeah oh yeah and then Sharon Tate lives next door and she sometimes goes out to parties and then sometimes portrayed by Margot Robbie in this movie yeah and the, well I think it was just Sharon Tate uh, <laughs> and then she sometimes walks to a store and then sometimes walks down the street yeah. and drives somewhere the lot of feet a lot of, oh my god. I give this movie a feat out of 10. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, for the longest time, like, uh, Quentin Tarantino's foot fetish is very well known. Okay, yeah. But holy shit. Does he... There are entire shots yeah. where the foot is literally, like, in the center. Right. Like, your eyeline looks directly at the feet. Well, there's points where it's it's like the feet are... are be, it's like being shoved in your face almost. Yes. There's so many, like, it really, because there are other, in his other films, you kind of notice it. Um, like, there's, I know there's, like, a scene in Kill Bill, and, uh, fuck, what was the other one? Kill Bill uh, 2? No, 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 no. I know you don't know it. It's from the grind, the Grindhouse one. Shit. I can't remember the name. Uh, Death Proof. Mm. I remembered it. Starring Kurt Russell. As a stuntman. Who is also in this movie. Stuntman. As Mike, the narrator, I, I believe, right? Yeah, that was correct. Does weird shit all the time, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Um, right, that came out of nowhere, also. But mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, that's as close as I'm gonna get as to like a plot. Mm -hmm. I feel no, I think that that's as close as the movie gets to a plot, maybe mm -hmm. in a way. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I did get a lot of bad times at El Royale vibes, especially in terms of the group. That he, I got a little bit of a of bad times Al Royale vibes in terms. Oh, it's of, the time period too. That's yeah. There were also some reused songs from that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of crossover. I mean, every film about Vietnam has the same songs. Like when yeah. you talk about a certain like historical yeah. times, people are gonna use certain songs. Um, plus this song, this, I mean, this film used every song from that time period, I think. No, literally. Like, <laughs> like it, it's interesting. At some points, I thought to myself, wow, Quentin, you're really running the gamut here of like 60s songs. It, I don't, I, I'm, I, I don't bring this up to like, you know, say that it was bad in terms of how we use it at all. Cause it was great. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like this movie almost used as many songs as kind of Suicide Squad. Now, well, yeah, Suicide Squad obviously was a mm -hmm. different situation altogether. 
I honestly think he wrote this film because more than anything, he just wanted to drive around 1960s Hollywood and just soak everything in. And you see, and look, I like that. That's what it feels like. And and one of the things that Quentin does so great in all of his films, and he, he you soak in the atmosphere. And it's mm-hmm. definitely felt throughout here. Like you never, for one second, do not believe you're not in that era. And I, I also love uh, when we transition in, into the actual like Hollywood acting that's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, just like quick thoughts as far as the standouts for me, and I think it's pretty clear who the standouts are. Like Leo and Brad are honestly as great as they ever have been. Yeah, they're outstanding in this movie. I think and Leo specifically. Yeah. Really Although I, I had more fun with Brad Pitt, honestly enough. Although Leo did, I think, better acting. Mm-hmm. But I think they were both great. I think they're both yeah, going to get both Oscar great. nominations. I mean, it's a Quentin film. It's Leo and it's Brad. They're going to get nominated, I think. So, But I love them both. Um, If there's, okay. oh, we'll get into, we'll, we'll get into that. Maybe we can start off with spoilers if we want to go into this part. If there's any kind of of, of a negative, and again, it's it's like it's not. The, I don't it, even know if it's a negative. Yeah, am, what, what's the negative? Oh wait, you go ahead. Maybe we're not thinking about the same. No, thing. I'm not thinking about that. Okay. Um, I'm just trying. When I mean negative, I'm trying to come up with the closest thing about the film that I like the least, mm-hmm. and I'm still kind of wondering again. Maybe I shouldn't be focusing on what the point of it was because a lot of the, these things in, in this movie didn't have a point. Um, but if I were to say something that I liked the least about the film, it was... Um, I mean, it added to the atmosphere. I'm not saying it was useless. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you could help me like work it out about the... the Margot Robbie. Sharon Tate, I guess, obviously. Why was she in the movie? Why was she in the movie? I know. I was going to say... Okay. It was, um... I feel like that's kind of spoilery. Well, we, we can start. Yeah, let's go okay. ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, honestly, <laughs> I feel like the only reason she was in the movie was to create tension for that third act. But I feel because for, I mean, again, I'm not a great director like Quentin Tarantino. I'm not anything close to that. But I kind of feel. Like, you kind of gotten the same added effect if, at the beginning of the film, you just get a faraway shot. Like, oh, yeah, she lives next door. Right. And then you don't see her again until the very end with the buzzer. And then it's like, oh, she invited him. In. And, you know, all of that. Like, I think, honestly, I think that maybe would have worked better. But again, uh, who am well, I? It's like a lot of this movie, uh, Margot Robbie and whatever she has going on is entirely isolated from what Brad and what Leo have. But also, on. it's just nothing. Yeah. Like what you described that scene. It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like there's there's a point where, like in the, I, I swear, like in the beginning of the film, I had to have seen her and Roman Polanski drive up to the house like 50 times. <laughs> and then she go. they drive to a party and then Steve McQueen is explaining the dynamics between uh, Polanski and Sharon Tate and the other guy. I don't know who that was. I don't know who it was. And it's like, okay, why? This doesn't, has no bearing on the rest of the film. Doesn't, 
it just doesn't like it's no it really it's, it's i thought like okay they're setting something up yeah because by the way there's several things in the beginning that tarantino does set up the cigarette the dog and how uh trained it is, trained it is. um <laughs> Uh, Rebecca Dalton starring in that World War II film. Like, there's a lot of shit. Cliff's whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much that he sets up that, like, you're like, okay, where's this going? And then, boop, it comes all together in the third act. Whoa, well, God, I don't want to talk about that. But um, we'll, we'll get to it right now. Yeah. But then with, with, with Sharon Tate, it's just kind of showing her. I don't get it. Honestly, like we just saw the film. Yeah, we just saw the film. Um, so that's I'm what very, I'm walking away with, and I think it looks yeah. like you are too. And I'm it's like, is that a negative per se, or is that just like wondering if oh, the scenes weren't I, bad? They I weren't, have they weren't bad, but also they just were nothing. They did nothing, right? They really did. Honestly, they kind of did. So if it, if it does nothing, doesn't then take away from the movie? I think so. Yeah, because that's time dead weight. The most of the film. Is her going to see the film she's in? And it's like, okay. And the beginning of the film is just seeing her drive around and go to parties. And then towards the end, showing her pregnant. Like, ah, I'm sorry. At this point, I don't see a point to her in the film at all. I actually think it probably would have worked better if you cut those out. Have her in the beginning. And just be like, oh, I'm just trying to figure out what... What what did she bring to the movie? And I, I mean, not as far as an acting, she was uh-huh. great at great as an actor. She always is. Um, but even if you're gonna say, well, she was kind of, sort of uh, important to the end. I don't, I don't see it. And it, it kind of wasn't really. No, she's there. I think it's the definition of just. I being feel like there. the ending might have been more impactful. If you didn't see her till the end, mm. you know, you caught a glimpse of her in the beginning. Right, yeah. And then it's just them, and then, you know, you hear her voice over the intercom, and then you see Yeah. Um, I feel like that might have been more impactful mm-hmm. overall, especially because the main drive of this really is Rick Dalton and Cliff. Like right, this. right. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, again, I... I could be completely convinced otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like we literally just saw it, but as of right now, I can't uh, think of anything. I can't think of it. You know. Right. Right. Okay. So I, I was just wondering that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to Cliff and let's get to um, also uh, Rick Dalton. Okay. Loved it. <laughs> Everything with Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton was great. Yeah, loved it. Um, Leo. Really flexing his he's muscles. He's maybe my favorite Leo performance. Like, yeah, one yeah. of my favorite performances. I actually really like. I, I I think this is my favorite Leo performance in Wolf of Wall Street for sure. Yeah. Uh, no offense to his performance in Revenant. I think it was a great performance. Didn't care for the movie overall. Uh, great. Film. I liked the movie, yeah, but but also his performance. I I thought was not weak, but it was just okay. It's a Leo performance. I felt they gave that him that Oscar. Because it was his time. Well, I mean... I would have preferred he got the Oscar for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mentioned Oscars earlier, but I do want to make sure that, that the point is reinforced. Oscars don't mean anything whatsoever. Um, Not really. They're, they're, they're a body of um, misguided um, elites. Um, but then again, that's America. You sound like a dirty hippie, and there's one thing that Tarantino hates, is hippie. <laughs> Clearly on this movie... He um, likes their feet. 
But not, we'll not we'll the, get to the hippies. Let's stick on Rick on Rick Dalton. Uh-huh. Um, honestly, some of my favorite scenes of the movie were um, him and that new character he was doing, and then the dynamic mm-hmm. that he had with the little girl. Yeah, <laughs> like there's this whole I I don't know if you would call it a subplot of him just <laughs> it's, it's kind of there. the whole movie. I don't know <laughs> of if just him filming on the set of mm-hmm. the show. He's playing... Is the uh, show or is it a film? I think it's a film, isn't it? It was a show. It was a, it was a pilot, because they were talking about pilot season. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what did they call him? The Heavy. Mm-hmm. Playing The Heavy. I, I assume with lingo for a bad guy. Um, and everything with that was hilarious to go from, like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this, to, like, embarrassing himself, like, you're Rick fucking doll, to, like, nailing it at the end. Yeah. And, like, his dynamic with a little girl. Like, it has its own little arc. It's satisfying, I felt. um, Because, especially because there's some powerhouse acting going on there. Mm -hmm. But it's also, again, what you mentioned, the situation of Rick Dalton in this movie is, of course, the fear of being a has-been. But I think there is a certain amount of satisfaction, um, also kind of emotionally in there, too, how uh, he still got it. Especially how he he really blows that scene away. Especially that scene where he has the little girl in his arms, he's... The whole threatening scene when he throws mm-hmm. her on the ground. Great stuff. The whole thing with the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I think all that's funny. Yeah. Um, you didn't seem to... You weren't as hot, uh, it would seem, on Brad Pitt. Well, he was doing his, his like... His, uh, you know, his McConaughey impression. Mm. Not the, like, voice, but just, right, like, right. the laid-back, smooth... It's, it's very McConaughey-ish. Brad Pitt. It's sort of like if um, what's his name? Ryan Gosling played a stoic character. <laughs> really? <laughs> I never would imagine Ryan Gosling. And by the way, he crushes it every time. Um, unlike some people who are not sophisticated in nature, um, who like to criticize him. And I met him, and I met her too. Only I, he... I did not follow that. But no, someone okay. did. Okay, okay. they wouldn't. No, but he was great, though. I, mean, I haven't... Look, I mean, I, I can't think to... Uh, uh, oh, it was great, too. But also, I think his story... I don't know if you can even say story. Um, <laughs> was less... Interesting. Not only less interesting, but it didn't much lead anywhere as well. Kind of, maybe? Well, I don't. Very, I don't. very end, right? But I mean, even then, I don't yeah. know if it really mattered. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um but like, so like the thing, like I said, him. with like Rick Dalton, like right. that's that's his whole thing. That's his character, right? Feeling right. Like a husband, and it's a little right, right. Arc feeling good on. There's this things going on there, but in mm-hmm. this one with Cliff, who's portrayed by Brad Pitt, that we're talking about here, it's um, so yeah, I mean, he's a very easygoing, laid back driver, stuntman for Leo's character, Rick Dalton. Um, There's that fun thing with him and Bruce Lee. <laughs> that's was great. Um, Which again, it's like, what was the point? I don't not care. really I don't care. Know. But that, it was great. That, that one, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Um, but then they add in, kind of out of nowhere, but I think that it's pretty clear where that was going to lead to. Um, this element of him, I guess, killing his wife or killing his wife. I think that was. I don't think that was meant to go anywhere or be anything. It was just showing you an extra layer to him as a character. I think. I, I feel it. That was kind of there to tell you how it it would have ended the confrontation that happened in the end of the movie. 
I think I think maybe if, if I were to I look think at it's it, like he's a laid back kind of slacker yeah. loser dude. Yeah. But there's more underneath, right? So right. to speak. So yeah, yeah. Um, but I did enjoy this. Like I said, I was entertained throughout the yeah. entire film. Yeah. Al Pacino. It's fucking Al Pacino. I don't he's know. great. He's great. Yeah. Cappuccino. What was it? Cappuccino. And, and what? In, in Jack and Jill? Yeah. <laughs> was it Cappuccino? Was that the thing? Uh, that's Kyle's favorite performance of Al Pacino. I know. It's his best. Yeah. Um, Should have won a Raz. Uh, what was it called? Razzie for that? I think that film did get nominated. I don't know about him specifically. Let's talk about the third act. Wait, one thing before we get there, because this also leads up to it. Um, one of the movies that Rick Dalton is like known for is where there's literally a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio gets a flamethrower and burns Nazis. Yes. Loved it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> How can you say no to burning Nazis? Um, well, ask somebody in the White House. Yeah. Um... I think that that was pretty clear. What, yeah, there was another another jab. Oh yeah, that was Zombie Land. Sorry, that was something else. <laughs> that was that was that was something else. Um, but yeah, that flamethrower came back. So the third act happens after all the movie has happened. By the know, way, the whole film is very clearly building towards something. No, the Manson murders. From the very beginning, it's a very... You do not introduce Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate. Right. And weird fucking hippies and not Can we have a time get out? there. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's a lot of similarities. Not in terms of how the movie is executed, but a lot of themes from Bad Times of the Al Real of this movie. Well, I don't even know this film. No, I mean, but there's uh, maybe coincidences. I don't know what the word would be chalked up to, but I mean, that film had very overt Manson murder uh, homage. Well, this is literally the Manson. Like, he didn't do any, like, Manson adjacent. Right. This this one is full-on Manson. And I think that's just whenever people try to encapsulate that time period. Right. Those murders had such a profound impact. Yeah on that time period. Right. That it's it's the same thing with like, I don't know, landing on the moon. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. You're talking about the nineteen sixties. All sixties, yeah. Shit yeah. That um pops up. Right. Um yeah. <laughs> Watching the the third act when it started to happen, I felt like um that scene in Arrested Development where it's the brown bag and it says dead dove inside, don't eat. And I open it, and I go, I don't know what I expect. <laughs> it's Quentin Tarantino, man. I mean, it's literally everything over, over, you expect in a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's a revenge fantasy. That entire third act is a revenge fantasy. That may That's another possibility the why this film was made. Like, he got drunk one night, and he's like, fuck you, Manson. And he wrote some shit, and he's like, oh, God, I need to write a film around it. And then, because holy shit, like, for 90% of the film, it's very laid back, subdued. 
you know, slow, just taking in L.A. and all this. And then in the third act, it's a fucking horror show in which... Grindhouse. Grindhouse. It becomes Grindhouse in which Rick... Not Rick. Not yet. Cliff. Cliff just fucking annihilates... And I mean annihilates. Annihilates. And they show you. Oh, yeah. They relish in it. You can tell they loved this. They worked for that rated R rating. I'll tell you that. Murdered two of the Manson uh, murderers. Well, in this version, they're not the murderers. And then fucking Dalton freaks out uh, a flamethrower to finish off the third. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth between a lot of people about that third act. No, there already has been from what I've been reading. Not that I know what it was, but from what I've been, you know, obviously film Twitter has been blowing up and, you know, going back and forth between whether or not that third act ruined the movie or or made the movie. Because it it becomes a completely different film. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say I loved it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> no, no, look. That, that third act uh-huh. was electric. Yeah. It was electric, and it's everything I want in a Tarantino movie. And maybe it meant more that he really made us wait for it. Like, yeah. up until, like, the, 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 what was it called? The ninth inning there. Mm-hmm. Um, literally. Um, <laughs> um, in this sense. Um, and it, it comes together... And it blows up. It's like the definition of a perfect, and I mean perfect, 4th of July fireworks spectacular. That's what it was. And I'm, I'm sorry. I just had a big smile on my face throughout <laughs> the entirety. Because like you see it coming, and I'm like, okay, I know where this is going now. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. Like, for, I mean... I, I thought they. I thought the ones that were going to get annihilated were like Leo, were like Rick Dalton and Cliff. Yeah, I thought that it's like, oh, this is like outnumbered, an old, right? I thought this is like because, like, basically all of, uh, what's his name, uh, Quentin Tarantino's right. films are like take place in an alternate universe, like in Glorious Bastards. Obviously, didn't happen that way. Um, and, and there's little clues throughout all of his films where it's right. like this is a different universe in which revenge is you know oh, beautiful uh and so i was like surprise taylor swift's not in one of his movies yet <laughs> so i knew it wasn't just going to be the straight up show the murders and then that's it so i thought oh maybe rick dalton they get killed instead but then because i was confused mm-hmm. um I, I i i knew they were gonna stumble on there but because the, the Manson hippie kids that were sent, they were sent by somebody else to kill Sharon Tate, right? Yeah. And they walked into Rick Dalton's house by accident. Well, Rick, Rick Dalton, Dalton walked outside. Yeah. Yeah, and then he messed with them. Well, that's the but point he wasn't where the like, target, history right? changes. Right. No, okay. no, 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 no. That's when they change their mind and say, oh, we'll attack him because he's a TV star. Fuck the man, fascists. You don't like hippies. Uh, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's... That's at the point where it's like, okay, this is where history changed. Right. Um, but then, man, oh man, they fucking dare up those three Well, people. it's like, they, they walk in there, 
and my mind's thinking, okay, how is this going to go down? And Cliff doesn't flinch. And he and the thing well, he is on acid. That's the thing. Well, I mean, I, I get the feeling he wouldn't have flinched. He doesn't flinch at all in any in instance film. in this movie. Yeah. And I was like led to believe that because he was high on that acid dope, that he would be kind of impaired mm-hmm. and he wouldn't be on his game. Yeah. He thought wrong. I thought wrong. And I love the fact that I thought wrong because I don't know, it made it so much sweeter that the dog was in on this too. <laughs> that I love that dog. That's a great dog. Yeah. That's um, holy shit. No, these people were the, the, the Manson kids who went in there with the intention of murdering us innocent people. They weren't just murdered. They were ripped apart. Yeah. They were ripped apart. And by the way, that's why it like the whole thing is played like a comedy. Yeah. And it's, it's so weird because these were real murders. But they're like killing the murderers, and yeah. it's like again, it's like full on Tarantino revenge fantasy at that point, like full on. Well, what was I think that more thing? so even right. than Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, like that's saying something. Um, I I enjoyed it. I don't know. <laughs> it's like that scene um, in Kingsman in the church. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, do you want to talk overall? Or? Well, I mean, I still want a little relish in that third act because I feel I feel really that third act made the movie for me. I was I was liking it, but I think I really loved the movie. And now after because of what happened there and what ended up being, um, and of course, fuck, I, it made me laugh so much when the little girl when, when well, not the little girl, but when the girl that was I think uh, she. But broke to the glass and jumped in the pool, and Leo was like, "What the what? fuck?" <laughs> but I like how he doesn't even question. He just runs to the shed and, and gets comes back with the flamethrower. That's he, when I was like, "I'm done. This is fucking hilarious." Um, and then just sets her on fire, and you see her burned corpse and every like i said the film relishes oh yeah and their like demise and their torturous demise let's talk uh, about that switcheroo then well not switcheroo but look, this third act is we just said we'll make the movie or break the movie for you yeah i think it made it for us i loved it and i think for i me, can t- i and i can already think of some people where it's like that third act ruined the film let me let me okay uh-huh. let, let's talk about that Let's try and see the contrarian view. Where do you think they're coming from in terms of that? Well, I totally think it's like because it doesn't fit in right, with yeah. the tone or really anything that the film was doing previously. Right. Like right. it really does become a completely different hints, film. Though. There were a little bit, there was hints, especially. Well, that's why it works for me. Yeah. And I also, thought, yeah. I like seeing those fuckers <laughs> get messed up. No, no, no. Believe me. <laughs> Yes, I, I'm there with you too. That's why uh-huh. I was like, yes. If anybody should be murdered that way, in a movie, in a movie, let me clear that. In a movie, it's people like that. Uh-huh. It was the murderers who end up getting, getting murdered. Yeah, that real life right. murders, and it's a fake movie murder. So yeah, right. I don't feel that. I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, I relish it. Um, but also mainly because the film was. It feels like it was just more about relaxed, fun. Like it, 
it didn't take itself ser- that seriously. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. trying to be anything. Like, the film was trying to be more serious. Mm-hmm. And it was going for something, trying to say and something. And so much, you were right about what you said earlier, how yeah. it very much is Quentin at, at his most restrained. Because yes. you wouldn't know it was uh-huh. his movie until, like... Mm-hmm. Or it, it doesn't have his usual grindhouse shit, as you say. But if it was meant to be a less fun movie and then that third act happened, I could see myself having a problem with it. Mm. But because it's a more laid-back, uh, fun movie might be one of might be his most humorous film, and then that third act just explodes. You know, a lot of his movies are pretty humorous. Yeah, but I feel like they're it's not the focal point, right? You know, with this one, you see it a lot more. I feel yeah, um, because there's so many of his films. I can think of maybe every single one of his films where. He's really good at tension where it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And it is like a, a serious payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I don't think this film ever had that. They like the closest, like they subverted that several times. Like when they went to the fucking, um, the, where the, all the hippies were at. Yeah. And, it, and it's like this long drawn out tension filled to find George or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, George is in there. They were, they weren't lying. Everything, like it was humorous, right? Right. right. The, the cutting of the tension, um, and even although, in this one, although again, that was leading into something else. Mm-hmm. And then even in this one, the tension to lead up to that third act, like because I know what actually happened, and this is fucking Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. So I don't know what he's gonna do. Um, that might make me uneasy. Um, <laughs> So I'm kind of sitting on pins and needles, and they really build up that third act. Right. Like at 11.45. But then when they finally break the tension, it's a joke. It's hilarious. So, yeah, I, I it worked for me. Yeah. It worked for me. I but think, I yeah. totally understand if it didn't work for other No, people. I think it, it worked for me so much so that, look, overall, I don't think I might be as positive as I would right now if it weren't for that. Not saying that the movie wasn't working for me before, but it worked so much better with that third act. Yeah, and I will say I still felt the film was a little bloated. Yeah. Especially in the the, the, the duration, The duration of the film. I felt its length, honestly. Yeah. I felt you could have probably cut it down a little bit. Now, so I think the question is, well, when are we going to get the Netflix miniseries uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Because I mean, to be fair, aren't have the the most recent Tarantino films been longer than usual? Or are they all pretty much? Like, I know the long? Hateful Eight was long. Yeah. Shit. Um, how long was this one? Was it like two and a half? I want to say two and a half, right? I don't think it approached approached three. No. Um. Well, that's two and a half. I that's fine. Yeah, yeah. He's usually, and I think Django was like three hours. Or even but again, more it's more long. about how you feel in the movie, and this did feel longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. like I said, there's so many scenes of just like people getting, getting out, walking to a car. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of that did add to the atmosphere, right? Um, but then also the Sharon Tate scenes, or it's like I don't know if these are necessary. We were hearing that this the the ending of the movie was changed, right? Really? No, I, I was hearing 
some uh, people that were saying that the, the, the film was screened at, at a festival. Mm-hmm. And wasn't there some kind of a controversy with the end, the original ending of Margot Robbie's character, and then something was was changed at the last minute? I don't know. We need to read more about that for the podcast. I will read into that. Yeah, because yeah. I'm very interested. Because I've I've heard things about that how it was changed, okay. um, and then I don't know because it was like a very like um, confrontational press conference that Tarantino had with with reporters after the film was screened. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, this whole thing happened a few months. Confrontational, back. like. Well, he he was not having a good time. Well, well, like, were they asking him like? They were asking questions about. Questions? I guess they're asking questions about. I think maybe they're the lingering thoughts about the relationship with Weinstein. Oh, maybe, maybe. yeah. Um, Which, uh, I can't yeah, be too sad. sure about that. Um, we'll look more into it when we do the actual podcast review for Red Spotlight. Um, catch it on every Sunday. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we'll have the full breakdown and review of that movie because that's very interesting also to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, one additional component I want to say is how do you think our audience like this movie? They like the third act. <laughs> um, Pretty quiet. As the film was quiet, um, it's usually a quieter movie theater when you don't have much people in the movie theater. There wasn't a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rather quiet. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. A lot of older people. I, I, I would say that as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of older people. Um, I don't. I enjoyed it. I don't yeah. Care what I, was. <laughs> I don't care about what they have to say. Well, I just want to take into consideration. We hated last week's movie. Yeah, but they but loved the it. The audience <laughs> loved it. Yeah, but with this, like, I. I feel like no one goes to these films unless you see them at a festival. Yeah. Like regular moviegoers don't watch these kind of movies and then applaud at the end. No, and again, I'm not looking for applause. I'm just oh, trying. Yeah. To, I'm looking for little tidbits here as to how general audiences would have uh, took this movie. And I will say, as a whole, it might be a little slow for them. I think it's very slow for them. Honestly, there's a lot of stuff in here that I think would be very grating. On general audiences, just and look, this is not to be judgmental, but just looking at the math and seeing what they like. When you have the top six grossing movies of this year all yeah. being Disney movies, mm-hmm. um, and they all have a particular palette in terms of how the film is paced and what you see, and what you don't see, in comparison to what you see here, um, maybe this is why. Um, although if this was expected to be Tarantino's highest opening movie of all time. Uh, so we'll see it is. I mean, there's big Hollywood stars in this. Uh, did everyone, did they tell everyone it was a Disney film? Is that why it's going to make a lot of money? The weirdest thing is there was a trailer for a Disney movie in this. The, yeah. The Rise of Skywalker trailer, trailer played was, in the, was so random. Yeah, that was weird. By the way, I feel like there's a lot of films about like... Ladies being like, yeah, we own this now. We had two of them play uh, back to back. Hustlers and... That Melissa McCarthy movie? Melissa with, with the streets. With Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think it's because they played both back to back. No, I thought, I thought and like it the felt same like movie. the same it movie, really, yeah. except one was with the mob and the other one was with strippers. And I was like... Yeah. I was it like, was... ooh, this kind of feels... <laughs> Similar. No, it felt the same. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're really making this exact same movie again. And there's also the a both, show about that on, I think, TNT. 
of the both, I think the Hustler one looked more interesting to me. Of the both. I had Jalen in it, and she's usually in trash. So I usually just eliminate that. How dare you? No, it's the truth. That is J-Lo. Jennifer Lopez is a national treasure. Okay, there you go. But the films that she's in are usually trash. Okay. I'm just saying from the trailers. No, yeah. I mean, she looked amazing in the trailer. Talk about the movie. Okay, I, I, it didn't look good. I mean, I'm probably not going to watch it just I know because... you will for sure watch the Melissa McCarthy one. because you get, Really? Don't you get dragged to see a Melissa McCarthy movie? Every comedy. <laughs> I don't think this was a comedy. Did you not see Can You Forgive Me? Can You Ever Forgive Me? No. It's a good film. Oh, was it? She was okay. great. So it was Richard E. Grant who will be in uh, Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker, yes. We won't be doing a review on that film, by the way. <laughs> we're officially boycotting all Disney films. Which means we're going out of business. We're going out of business. <laughs> because we're, we're closing down the fantasy fair. Oh. I didn't say that, just to be fair. I did. Just to be clear. Overall, I, I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Love the third act. Um, I do think, though, um, if there's one thing we can agree on, it's like what weighed the movie down was everything with Margot Robbie. Only yeah. because it kind of was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It, w- it was a bit lengthy. Not lengthy. It felt lengthy. But it was entertaining and a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Mm-hmm. So the pace, yeah, I would say, was kind of off. But yeah. overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, th- I think we're in complete agreement. Yes. Doesn't that scare you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Go see the film. Mm-hmm. Um, see it, try it out. But I just want to say, um, of the Quentin films that I have seen, so there's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. Glorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and Pulp Fiction. I like every one of his films. Like he, he's never given me a film where I was like, oh, this is like not working for me and not good. Yeah. My least favorite would be Hateful Eight of the bunch that I've seen, mm-hmm. but it's a very good film. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it just depends if it works for you or not. He has an amazing track record. I still really love, though, Bad Times at the Al Royale. I, I know it was mentioned here and there, but like if people are only just catching it now, I'd recommend that film yeah, a lot. It Drew, Goddard, Drew Goddard's an amazing writer and director. Mm-hmm. It's a great cast in there, too. I think for me it was a better film mm-hmm. when comparing it to this one and to Hateful Eight. So go check it out. And check out this movie. Um, pay money to get sit in the theater while it lasts. Yeah. Because and maybe that's why he's retiring. Because like it ain't going to be on much longer mm-hmm. um, to go see these movies in the theater. So um, those are our final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, catch our full review of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on Red Spotlight for our podcast every single Sunday. Also catch Kyle's Fantasy Fair podcast. He has a lot of Lion King coverage. Um, and as I've said, if I hear the Circle of Life play one more time, it's especially that first uh, few notes. I think I'll die. Um, quickly, before we go, what's the next movie we're going to go see? No clue. It ain't going to be Hobbs and Shaw? <laughs> no. Hobbs and Shaw opens next week? No. No. It's Sorry, It's going to make a shit ton of money either. Yeah. No. Check out uh, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Is that what it's called? Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Uh, the trailer. That's Tom Hanks. It'll do something for you. Bye.